Welcome to the UK Travel Planning Podcast. Your host is the founder of the UK Travel Planning website, Tracy Collins. In this podcast, Tracy shares destination guides, travel tips, and itinerary ideas, as well as interviews with a variety of guests who share their knowledge and experience of UK travel to help you plan your perfect UK vacation. Join us as we explore the UK from cosmopolitan cities to quaint villages, from historic castles to beautiful islands, and from the picturesque countryside to seaside towns. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the UK Travel Planning Podcast. Um, This week I am recording this episode in Australia after flying back in um, to Brisbane last Friday night. Um, I must admit I am feeling a little bit jet lagged at the moment. Um, had a couple of good nights sleep followed by two nights of waking up at two o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, so I'm feeling a little bit tired. Anyway, I thought this week what would be um, a really lovely little episode for me to do is to talk a little bit about um, US versus UK. Um, not in a kind of any bad way or any way to criticize either the United States or or the UK in any way, but really um, just to kind of give some information to prepare you for the trip. Um, Mainly these things have all come up in the Facebook group or in conversations uh, in trip reports that have and sometimes surprised um, visitors from mainly from from North America. Um, You know, these are the things that have come up. so really, I just wanted to kind of talk through these differences um, so that if you are flying into the UK and it's your first trip, that there's nothing that can surprise you. I mean, some things may surprise you, um, but but these are kind of the big things that I know do come up. So I thought let's let's kind of talk through them, really, so that if you, you know, forewarned is forearmed. So... Let's start talking through some of the different uh, the differences. Um, as I say, some of these things uh, will give you the opportunity because you're aware of them uh, through listening to the podcast to prepare yourself before you actually arrive um, in the UK or when you're at the point of actually you know, booking hotels and things like that. First thing I wanted to talk about was top sheets, um, which comes up really regularly. I think there's two things that come up really really very often and one is um top sheets so you'll find in the uk that most hotels bed and breakfast guest houses don't have top sheets that's because basically we have um a duvet and the duvet cover is washed regularly so obviously if you sit in a hotel once you've you've checked out or every few days when you're in the hotel that the duvet cover is taken off and, and it's washed so you don't find top sheets very often I'm not saying that you don't find them at all because sometimes you you will um but it isn't as common as i believe it is in the united states for example now i kind of grew up it's really interesting because i grew up in in our household we just had a duvet in my mom's household we had a duvet but if i stayed at my grandparents they would have a top sheet and then and then the duvet or, or sometimes blankets so i get obviously that this can be an issue if it's warm i mean it was it was particularly hot in the last month or so in in the uk while i was there and you know if you've got a duvet it can feel very very hot and obviously you either take the duvet off and then that's it you've got nothing so having a top sheet you know i can see the advantage of that so basically if a top sheet is something that is 
you know, you feel that you're going to need, that's something you used to, then I suggest that you take one with you. That's probably going to be the best, um, the best option. Um, obviously, just put one in your packing and then you'll be sorted. The next thing that comes up really, really very often is uh, washcloths. So in the UK, we'll call those um, flannels or face cloth. So again, some hotels will actually have washcloths. So it's not a blanket thing that you will not find them in any hotel in the UK because you can. However, they are kind of considered a personal item. Um, so don't expect necessarily to find that you're going to have washcloth. So I know quite a few of uh, Americans I've talk- spoken to, um, talked to, have mentioned that they've just taken some other disposable washcloths with them or um, just bought, you know, bought some and, and taken them on holiday and used them and, and um, washed them or, uh, you know, just, just got rid of them. So again, that's something if you like a washcloth, um, then perhaps the best option, unless you're going to stay in uh, probably, you know, the more expensive hotels, you probably will find that they do have them. Um, but if it's a, if that's important to you, then I suggest that you do take some washcloth and put some in your packing. The next thing I do want to talk about, because um, it comes up such a lot, is air conditioning. So I think it's worth just reminding Really, just reminding you that, you know, the weather in the UK is, it, in the last few years, it's it certainly got hotter. It's definitely getting warmer, um, but it's not a particularly warm or hot climate. So therefore, air conditioning, if it is needed, and I guess, yes, we could argue that it's needed for a few months of the year, especially since it started to get warmer, but it's not common. In fact, accommodation houses everywhere in the UK, it's actually built to keep the heat in because it's cold. Um, so you've got to bear this in mind. If you're coming from a climate where it's hot and you used to have an air conditioning, you know, it's it's not the same in the UK. You are not going to find air conditioning everywhere. You know, some of the if you think about going on the tube, some of the the um, underground lines were, were built in the 1800s. You know, air conditioning didn't, didn't exist. Um, and also, I think it's worth saying that is, you know, you've got to think some of the buildings that you're going to be visiting, whether it's a museum or whether it's a hotel that you're staying in. They are old. They may have heritage status. They're protected. So actually, they can't add, um, you know, air conditioning into the buildings. So you know, really do consider that. It's you know, lots of the places are old. They're not going to have these things. Um, if it's important to you, especially if you're visiting in the summer months, then I would really recommend that you check, you know, when you are booking your hotel or accommodation that it does have air conditioning. Um, quite often you'll find that um, accommodation will provide you with a fan, but obviously if it gets really warm, you know, that can be an issue if, if uh, you haven't got air conditioning it's, and it's important to you that you do have that. But as I say, you know, you've got to think that most of the time in the UK it's not particularly warm, so everything is built to keep the heat in rather than uh, keep it cool. Another thing actually which kind of relates to that is, is um, lifts. Again, you're not necessarily going to find a lift in a um, hotel at your accommodation. Again, because you might be staying in an old building which has heritage status or it's just an old building and therefore, you know, lifts didn't weren't around so they didn't have any lifts in the building. So that's something that, again, we really recommend that you check when you're booking your accommodation because what you don't want to do is get to somewhere and find you're on the fifth floor and you've got to carry all your bags upstairs and there is no lift or elevator. 
Um, so do check that if that's something that is important to you. And I, I must admit, we've been caught out on that. We were caught out on that in York last year when we booked and ended up being, I think, on the third floor, fourth floor and had to take all our luggage upstairs. Well, Doug did, I didn't. Yeah, so that's worth checking. Also, actually, when I mentioned that, we'll just I'll just talk about also the difference in terminology between uh, first floor and ground floor. So in the UK, the ground floor is what you may call in America the first floor. So we have a ground floor, then a first floor, second floor, third floor, um, and up from that point. So obviously in the United States, it starts with first floor, second floor. You don't actually have that ground floor. So if you're going to look for accommodation and you know that they don't have a lift, so make sure you ask for, for a room on the ground floor, because if you say the first floor, you're going to be going up a flight of stairs. So that's important to know. OK, so thinking about um, supermarkets, because uh, there's an, an interesting difference um, in Australia as well as different. So so in the UK, you need to take your own bags to the supermarket. You can purchase bags, uh, which cost five pence, t- ten pence. Um, to pack your um, whatever you purchase in, you will have to pack it yourself, which is different to America uh, to Australia, where um, somebody will pack your bags for you. Um, I'm not sure in, in America. I think people pack them as well, but in the UK, you are expected to pack your own bag and to either provide your own bag or to purchase a bag when you're actually in the store. So I recommend just having a couple of small bags that you take around. We've just got ones that fold up and we keep those in, in, in our bags and then take them out when we actually go into a supermarket. And then you can use that. So that's good for better for the environment and also you're not coming to buy plastic bags every time you go somewhere. Um, another thing that's, that comes up a lot um, is drinks. So um, you might find it surprising in the UK, but you will get asked generally if you would like ice in your drink but don't assume that you will get ice put into the drink automatically because we tend not to like a lot of ice in drinks. Um, and uh, this is something that's come again, I've talked in the Facebook group where I was kind of told, well, we like our drinks cold. Well, yeah, we kind of like our drinks cold in, in the UK as well, but we do not like um, a full glass of ice because to me, and this is a personal, it, it just waters down the drink. So I ended up having mainly water and hardly any drink. Um, you, you won't find as well that you kind of get some places will you will get like bottomless soda so you can kind of keep going and refilling it. But it's quite unusual. So generally you will get asked how much ice you want. So if you want a full glass of ice, you're probably going to have to ask for that. Because if you ask, if they say at a bar, do you want ice? And you say, yes, chances are you'll get one or two cubes of ice. That'll be it. You probably won't get more than that. So if it is important to you that you want a full glass of ice and hardly anything to drink, um, then you need to ask for it. Um, when we you know when you're ordering your drink, I also just mentioned about iced tea as well because this is something that comes up uh, quite often. So iced tea in the UK, you can purchase, um, you know, peach iced tea, mango iced tea. Um, I think I had lime and mint iced tea, but it, you tend to be able to buy that in the supermarket. You can't order that necessarily um, in cafes and restaurants. Sometimes you can. It's it's kind of homemade that they'll make, but it's very it's not the same as iced tea that you get in America. So it's fruit based rather than I think made from actual tea bags from what I gather um, when I've been speaking to to, um, to other Americans about that. So if you if you like your iced tea, it's going to be very different. Um, you can buy it from a supermarket and it's going to be 
a kind of fruit flavored um, lemon, peach, that sort of thing. But I think, as I say, I think it's from what I gather, it's very different. I'm not going to talk about coffee, <laughs> even though I, I've heard quite often that the coffee in the UK isn't great. I can't talk about that, so I'm not going to because I actually don't drink coffee. So I guess that's going to be something really probably worth, if you join our Facebook group, you can ask people in the group about what they're where they're where they recommend for, for to go for the best coffee. Because obviously there are quite a few different chains. Um, though I must admit, from what from what I've heard from people, everybody just says go to the kind of smaller individual kind of cafe, um, you know, not the chains, basically. So then next thing I was going to talk about is tipping. Because uh, of a camera talking about getting drinks in bars and, and restaurants and that type of thing. So tipping isn't necessary. It isn't expected. However, it is a nice thing to do. But you won't have, somebody won't tell you off if you don't tip, put it that way. Tip for good service, absolutely. Um, what I will say is that some restaurants do actually put a tip on um, their own kind of discretionary service of 10, 10%, 12.5%. On the bill, so you can check that when when you actually get the bill that that's already put being put on. So if that's already added to your bill, there's no expectation that you're going to tip anything extra than that. Um, you know, if you want to tip the waitress or waiter, absolutely go ahead and do that. That's fine. If you're in a cab, we usually say just you know round up to the nearest um, pound. So if it's like three pound fifty, you want to put five pound, or if it's you know eight pound, go up to ten pound. That sort of thing. Just just round it up. But again, things like if you're in a, in a pub, there's no expectation that you're going to um, tip the person that you're you know, ordering your drink from behind the bar. So, yeah. And oh, I will just mention one thing about tipping, though. Please, if you are going to give a tip and you're going to give a cash tip, please give it in UK money, as in pounds sterling. Because I have seen uh, when I've been on tours, people tipping in American dollars. Well, it's it's not really much use to the tour guide, really, unless they're getting hundreds of dollars worth, you know, of tips because what are they, they going to do with it unless they're going to visit America and then they can spend it. It's just, you know, more polite, really, if you're going to tip, to actually tip in, in UK currency, so in pounds. Um, that, that's something that I just noticed anyway. Next thing I just want to just mention briefly as well is driving. If you're planning to drive in the UK, obviously, the UK would drive on the different side of the road to um, America, same side as, as Australia and many other countries, but um, obviously we drive on the left. And there are more roundabouts or traffic circles than you may be used to. I was actually reading before, I think there's something like 9,000 roundabouts in the US now, um, but they're certainly not as common. You're going to find them everywhere in the UK. Roundabouts are very, very popular. Um, if you are concerned and if you are planning to drive in the UK, I really recommend that you listen to podcast episode number 12, where I talk to the, the founder of Tripyama, which is a, it's a program that has been specially developed to help North Americans um, learn and prepare for driving in the UK. And that includes things like roundabouts. Um, so I would recognize, uh, recommend that because that is something if you are planning to drive that you're probably going to find that you're not used to. So, yes, I would highly recommend that. And again, we've had some fantastic reviews from people who've used that program uh, to prepare. Um, and I guess the last thing I just want to talk about really is, I guess, some terminology differences. Obviously, you know, there are differences with spelling um, between American English and British English. Um, English English? I'm not sure British English. Anyways, <laughs> but some of the terminology differences, which I'm sure you'll be aware of, but I'll just kind of just do a reminder is that, you know, we'll walk on the pavement rather than the sidewalk we use a lift uh, rather than elevator 
Um, we will say chips for um, what you may call French fries, and we will call um, what we call what you call chips. We call crisps, um, and then you know cookies. We will call um, biscuits. Though to be honest, you will hear people saying cookies now, so that's definitely kind of creeping into into English, English, British English language. And also, if you're asking for the bill at the end of the meal, um, obviously you may call it a check. We call it the bill. So it's just kind of being sure about the terminology. But though I, m- I imagine if you kind of ask somebody, could I have the check? They'll know exactly what you mean. But again, it's just kind of just bringing up some of those um, those differences so that you're aware of that. Um, I think that's kind of summed up everything that I had notes on. I'm sure there's plenty of other things that I have um, forgotten to mention. Um, but those are the kind of main ones that keep kind of coming up and and I keep hearing about kind of all the time and and we do mention certainly the top sheet and the washcloth and and um ice and air conditioning comes up very frequently um anyway, so I'm hoping that this episode will just prepare you and so you kind of know about these things now so that when you are packing and when you are booking your accommodation, you kind of keep keep those things in mind. So that when you arrive in the UK, you don't have any kind of uncomfortable surprises. Obviously, the UK and the US are different countries. We're a different country. We have different culture. So you're going to expect some differences. But obviously, embrace the differences. Enjoy the differences. But just be prepared so you know exactly what will make you more comfortable when you're on holiday. Anyway, that's really it, actually, for this episode. Um, I just want to just do a quick shout out and thank for uh, thanks to anybody who are has sponsored um, our podcast. We really appreciate that. It really helps us. Um, and if you want to sponsor um, the podcast, there will be a link in the show notes. Um, and also for those of you who have used the Tip Your Guide button to leave us a tip, again, it doesn't matter for $5, $50, I mean, we just appreciate it, whatever it is. It's lovely for those people who've thought about doing that. So I just want to say a huge thank you. Um, there will be links to the different things that I've talked about, for example, the different um, the podcast for Tripiamo um, and any other uh, articles that we have that are relevant to what I've talked about in this episode, which will be at the show notes for this episode, which will be at uktravelplanning.com forward slash episode 55. Anyway, that just leaves me to say until next week, happy UK travel planning. Thank you.